0: Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Wenders. This is where we redefine leadership and leadership, business and ministry. And kind of another thing I like to say, this is where the seekers, the goers and the creators come to hang out. So I'm glad you're here. And today you're in for a great treat. We're gonna have a great conversation. I'll get to our guest in just a moment. But the first thing that I wanna ask you to do is to listen in, definitely listen in and be involved with what we talk about today. But also continue the conversation, and the best way to do that is to go over to our website, seekgocreate.com. Not right now, when you're finished listening, but go over to our website, seekgocreate.com, and give us your best email address. Make sure we have that. Look around. We've got a lot, of, a lot of value over there, a lot of things that can help you out and just continue the dialogue and the conversation. So uh, welcome and thank you for doing that. Uh, today, <laughs> we've got, this is going to be kind of interesting because we have found out that we are from the same part of the world. That could be a good thing for you. That may not be good. We'll get to that shortly. But I have Matt Tommy as our guest. He's an artist, mentor, author, speaker, and he was voted one of the Professional Artists Magazine's Best Art Mentors in 2018. And he is a woven sculpt- sculpture artist from Asheville, North Carolina, a beautiful part of the world up there, and he's an internationally known speaker, author of five books. And what I love, the thing that I, I really resonate with, is he's a mentor to artists around the world through his Created to Thrive mentoring program and through his podcast, The Thriving Christian artist Matt, welcome to Seek Go Create. Thanks, Tim. I'm so glad to be here with you, man. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. You know, there's so many things that are going through my mind right now, but I want to stay slightly focused as best I can and ask the the question that I like to ask first. I I went through your bio. Sometimes even stumble a little bit because there's so many good things, and there were so many more things I could have could have shared. But tell people if we if you and I bump into each other somewhere. And I ask you what you do, or someone listening says, hey, Matt, what do you do? What do you usually tell people?
1: Well, usually I tell people I love to help artists uh, bring their spiritual life, their art life, and their business life together in sort of a holistic uh, kingdom-oriented uh, package. And uh, that's what I've been trying to do my whole life. And so that's what I'm helping others do as well.
0: Wow. So, so you've always been an artist? Were you an artist like from the beginning? Well, kind of a polymath, I guess all of us as creatives are like that, you know, we have
1: different seasons of our life that we go through, but um, I started out uh, making and musician and all that as a kid. When I got to college was, you know, involved in leading worship and uh, working at summer camps, got into ministry for a number of years. And then when I was in Atlanta, uh, right after college at University of Georgia, opening a marketing company there and uh, did well with that. And then 2009, God kind of shifted and took my hobby, which was was basket making and woven sculpture, turned that into my primary vocation and and called me to raise up an army of artists all over the world. And so I've been doing that since 2009, and that spawned books and a mentoring program and conferences and all that, and podcasts,
0: and it's been a continues to be a crazy ride. So, yeah, and and all right, there's there's so much there. But before we go <laughs> before we go any further, you and I have to address the. uh the elephant to, in the room. The elephant in the room. I didn't want to reference uh, Alabama Crimson. I didn't want to reference an uh, an elephant, but uh, the bulldog in the room. <laughs> I I when I heard UGA University of Georgia and all the things related to it, I just I got this little nervousy twitch going on, Matt. <laughs> It's a check right. in your spirit. Oh, I yeah, I was like, so I had to pray about it. I've been praying for about forty-eight hours solid about this interview. But <laughs> no, let me let me fill in the gaps here. I um, I grew up in and around the Atlanta area, and I think you said you grew up uh, down in Columbus. So I want to mention yeah. something about that shortly. And uh, but I grew up, and I ended up going uh, down the road to that uh, little trade school in Atlanta called Georgia Tech, Georgia Institute of Technology. And uh, and in general, they're like a lot of these, especially southern places, um, these football type schools and you guys, we consider y'all more rival than y'all do us. But I heard University of Georgia. I went, oh, no, University of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you met your wife there. I mean, that's, you, you. that was a a, a a great time in your life, though, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, we both went to a little uh I went to a little Methodist school called Young Harris for 2 years. My mm-hmm. wife went to a Baptist college called Bruton Parker. We both met our junior year at uh at UGA. We're both working at the bookstore on campus, right at the Tate Center across from the the stadium. And she walked by, she's from Vidalia, Georgia. And uh she said, "Hey, my name's Tanya." And I said, "Ooh, I said listen to that Southern accent." And uh, it didn't take me long to ask her out. And it took a few times, but I I won the day and that's been uh, almost 24 years ago. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I, I'm really struggling here because everything in me wants to go old home day. You know, it's like, hey, let's talk about Vidalia. Let's talk about Columbus, Georgia. Let's talk exactly. about Atlanta, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Let's talk about UGA and how I drove, you know, 90 minutes but I did it in 65 because that's where I met my wife and all. But I know we've got audiences all over the world and they're, they'll start checking out. But uh, yeah, but I will say this for the audience. Um, I I have a, a, a love and respect for anyone that's from that part of the world because there's great value. And so the question I want to ask related to it, Matt, is growing up where you did. Obviously, a lot of your formative years are in that part of the part of the world sure. you live in North Carolina. Now we travel, but what are some of the best things growing up in that area that you've taken with you and, you know, taken in your life and and maybe what some of the challenges, some things you had to overcome. Yeah. You know, I think initially faith and family, you
1: know, um, I mentioned before we came on, my family came to Georgia in the 1700s, early 1800s. And so just a rich history of, of family and connection. Uh, my daddy always said my mother had more cousins than anybody he knew of. You know, this, so we had huge family gatherings, and holidays were always huge, and that sort of thing. And and church and the Lord were always a part of that as well. So I kind of grew up in cultural Christianity before I came to know the Lord, you know, personally. And um, so that was just a really wonderful sort of you know microcosm to grow up in. Um, at the same time, um, I grew up in a a very sort of um, I don't know, kind of perfect environment on the surface, you know, everybody, everything was fine. You know, we say in the South, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And everything wasn't fine. Um, I had gone through uh, sexual abuse as a young teenager from a family member of mine. It uh, really was dealing with how do I struggle with that? And at the same time, I love Jesus, I'm in church, I'm trying to serve the Lord the best way I can. Um, relationship with my dad was a real struggle, you know, at that age. And so just a lot of inner turmoil and trying to figure out how that was going to, you know, how I'd progress through that, I guess, in my life uh, as a believer. And it, as wonderful as it was growing up, you know, with faith and family and that sort of thing and and all of that, by the time I got to college, I was really sort of an emotional, spiritual uh, mess, uh, just trying to find my way. And it It took me probably, you know, 15 years really, before I really began to understand who I was, uh, who the Lord had created me to be and how to walk through a lot of the junk that uh, had plagued me for a long time.
0: Yeah, and and it's so interesting, Uh, not not similar situations, but I, I was, we skirted the church is the term I use, but you know, for those that aren't familiar with the Deep South, there there is a lot of i'll use the term a lot of churchgoers there but there's right. also a lot of legal stuff and religion <laughs> and uh, you know it, i i recently listened to a, a sermon that you gave at your church i think you had it on your podcast and yep. i and i kind of picked up on some themes there that we may discuss later related to how you think about things but but i actually want to go deep right out of the gate here because i think you and i can hopefully have a conversation about this The Deep South is also one of the places that has some of the most challenging racial issues. And I know there's some irony in a couple of white guys having this discussion, but I've put a lot of thought over the last six months, 12 months, and even longer into what are some of the things that were baked in to me Mm -hmm. growing up. And I, I, I know the kind of heart you've had to listen to you. Can you share and talk a little bit about what it was like where you were, and maybe what you've learned about yourself as as you've matured
1: related yeah. to that.
0: Yeah, you know, um it growing up in, in Middle Georgia
1: during the, the 70s, 80s, you know, in that time period, um the racial inequities and stereotypes that people think about the Deep South were were very much present um in my life. Um i it wasn't exactly like this, but the movie the help um, I grew up there I can relate to that movie in a lot of ways um, I had an African-American woman uh, named Fanny that took care of us for for years as kids um, I never met another African-American person other than Fanny until I was in the sixth grade um, as far as like a friend you know I would see people you know um, just casually but not as far as like talking to somebody having a friend um, and so it was very much two different worlds. And, um, you know, racial jokes, uh, the innuendo, the just all that sort of thing. And um, so, and my wife, you know, even we, we talk about just in her growing up, you know, we, we were very much, uh, there were white proms and black proms, there were um, just unstated things that you, uh, that you walk through, you know, in life, in terms of of how you related to each other. I can never remember. I had black friends at school, but I can, I would never have thought to invite them to my house, uh, or to come to church with me. It just wasn't anything that was even, um, a possibility for me as far as on the radar. And so, you know, I graduated high school in 91 and things, you know, were, were changing a lot during that time. by the time I got to college, you began to meet other people and evolve and, you know, and learn how the world actually works beyond just being, you know, where you're from. Um, but so many of those things, like you said, were just, were baked in, uh, you know, things that you just believed or took for, took it, uh, took for granted. And I remember actually, you know, with all the stuff that happened last summer, the George Floyd death and, you know, all the racial uh, violence that, that went on and rioting and all that, um, before all that started during COVID, you know, we're all at home and sitting there and, I remember it was in late March, early April. Um, I'm sitting there having my quiet time and the Lord asked me just out of the blue, Matt, what is it that you believe um, about race? Hmm. And I was like, well, now where is this coming from? You know, like, where, <laughs> why are you rocking my boat now? You know, what is this? I'm, I'm you know, where I think, I mean, my goodness have evolved so incredibly far from where I where I grew up. And, um, and yet there were still things in my heart, I think, and in just in my mindset that, I had to really work through and give it to the Lord. And so I think for all of us, it's a process um, of shedding the things that we came, that we were born into and uh, that were our normal and really taking that and looking at it against the lens um, of the kingdom and saying, I know this is what I thought was normal, but but how does this look against the grid of the kingdom of God? And uh, what's my place in that in order to help be, um, an agent of reconciliation and justice and love uh, in the middle of a world that seems so torn apart by all of that.
0: Yeah. And it's uh, anyway, thank you for answering that. I actually can just, I knew your heart would shine through and listen, if someone is watching or listening in and, you know saying hey what are you know two guys that look like this why are they having this discussion you know what matt says. we're working through the process too we're right you know i'm sitting down in my quiet time going lord search my heart is there anything here that needs to be purged because i grew up i was probably about 10 years before you and had family from mississippi and listen uh, you know you like to think that there aren't some things that are you know, in there, but you know, all of that. So anyway, thank you for sharing that. And I, and I actually, for those listening in, thank you for listening in on two, you know, mature older white guys just kind of sharing a little bit of their heart there. So thank you for that. I'm going to, I want to pivot from that and, and I want to ask you the one of the first things that jumped out at me, Matt, as I was just doing a little bit of research is there's, there's words you use called thriving Christian artists. You put those three words together, I think in your podcast and some of your programs and, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some questions that an engineer might ask you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because that's what I I'm, am. With you. I'm with. OK, you're with <laughs> me. All right. And, and here's what someone maybe that's outside of the artist community, maybe even outside the Christian community is, is I'm going to ask those words. Observations, they don't seem to go together, because right. when I see an artist, it's the starving artist. When I see, you know, Christians, they don't really appreciate and talk in general about art that much. And then thriving is a word that doesn't necessarily go with either one of those two words. So talk to me about that. Uh, come back at me and say, this is this is what we're doing.
1: Yeah, that I think that reality that you explained was my story. I was an artist who mm. knew Jesus, but had no context for it. And I certainly wasn't thriving. <laughs> I was more of a A starving artist or maybe a striving artist as opposed to a thriving artist just trying to make it happen myself and really that led to a lot of frustration in my own life again the the journey that i described earlier was just my own personal journey of of healing and wholeness how did that fit into my creative realm how did that fit into my relationship with the lord and then of course that has a lot of implications for my finances my business how i present myself and show up in the world. Um, and really everything changed for me uh, as i began to walk through a healing journey in my own heart i really started to understand wow this thing that i thought made me weird this creative bent this desire to to create and uh and make things that are beautiful that's actually the first way that god revealed himself to humanity in the mm-hmm. beginning god created and so as i do that thing you know that god's given me that's the greatest way that i can bring glory to him and instead of trying to Strive and make it happen on my own. I can really embrace that calling, receive my provision, the relationships, resources, opportunities, uh, all the things that I need to to really you know thrive in life. And I can actually live the abundant life that Jesus promised as I lean into what I term that that divine design that that God you know designed us all with. So I guess I kind of look at it backwards. I'm an artist who loves Jesus. And as I do that, uh, you know, really authentically, uh, as St. Irenaeus says, you know, the glory of God is man fully alive. As we do that thing that uh, that God's given us, that's how we thrive and that's how we experience abundant life. So I'm on a mission to to share that.
0: Yeah, I I love, gosh, you mentioned identity earlier Mm -hmm. and in the world that we're in, there's so many forces that work towards uh you you know you need to do a certain way you need to look a certain way this kind of goes back to even you know some of the conversations we were talking about earlier with race and things and everything in that world seems to be forcing us to do something that is not that calling or i like to say assignment in the kingdom of god and it seems to me like your journey is really a journey that's most people's and that's the journey of identity is that correct
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, if the enemy can attack you at the foundation, at the point of identity, then he can, you know, set everything else askew. And and that was the case for my life. Because if you don't know who you are, then you don't, you can't, you know, really embrace the design. And then obviously your assignment, I believe, comes out of that design because God specifically designed you for the thing that he's called you to do. And so for me that just you know i spent years and years and years just trying to believe i was good enough i was healed enough i was christian enough i was whatever enough to qualify for god to use me and it's like you know that old henry blackaby quote you know god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called and i i love that and it, i think embracing that and embracing a healthy identity in the lord that my identity doesn't come from what i do or even my experience or what others say about me but it comes from god's word and as I, you know, embrace his truth, his precious promises, I can do what first Peter, you know, talks about, of, you know, really leaning into and experiencing that uh, divine nature, which is the kingdom, you know, being expressed through us. So,
0: yeah, in in a, in a little while, I want to go into some of the practical things that you do to help people in your community. And sure. I think it'll be valuable to anyone listening in, in any leadership business or even ministry role that they're in. But there's a gap here that I want to attempt to connect. At the very beginning, you mentioned as soon as you finished up school, you went to Atlanta and we working in, I think, business and marketing, marketing for a business. Mm-hmm. And then I heard you say, and if I'm wrong on any of these, this timeline, you let me know. You mentioned that 15 years ago is when you... Began stepping into that identity, so there was a there was a gap in there somewhere. If I'm doing the math right, if I'm not doing the math, I'm just a Georgia Tech guy. I may not be able to do the math well, <laughs> but uh, but there was a gap in there between Atlanta, big city. If I'm putting words in your mouth, tell me tell me that I'm wrong. Doing what everyone expected of you or wanted you to do, and then 15 years later, especially moving into what you're doing now stepping into that assignment that the Lord has for you. Fill in the gaps for us. Yeah, so
1: right out of college, um, I became a youth pastor and then was a a worship leader and did that from like 97 to 2002-ish. And um, that was, you know, I felt a call to ministry and I felt a call. I'll, I'll say this. I felt the call of God on my life, but that's the only thing that I knew to do to pursue that. And so in the denomination that I was in, I was, um, got a full scholarship to Emory, uh, you know, School of Theology and was going down that road and all that. And, um, you know, I ended up going, uh, leaving that denomination and was, uh, you know, became a part of non-denominational charismatic, you know, uh, sort of movement and that sort of thing and leading worship in, in those churches and went through a big church split in 2002. And we were just like, we're still newly married at this point. We're like, this is not what we signed up for. You know, this is and so there were some guys in my church. They were like, Matt, you know, I was working in a larger church, there, and I'd been the creative guy on staff, marketing and and all that, print design, web design was just coming out at that point. And they said, Listen, you gotta start your own company, and uh, you know, we'll we'll even give you some business from our businesses. I'm like, great. So I literally ordered, uh, like 5,000 business cards and brochures with a credit card and went out and bought a Mac computer and started a web design and graphic design company. And it did very well from about 2002 to 2008. And I was, I was mad at the Lord. Um, during this time, I was like, I didn't want this calling. This is not what I signed up for. I just want to go and make a lot of money and drive a silver Mercedes. That's literally the words. And a friend of mine had come to me during that time. And she said, uh, she said, Matt, she said, you can either work through this with the Lord or it's going to be a long, long you know, as we say in the South, a long road to hoe, um, you know, to, to get through this. And I just said, listen, I, I don't want it. I'm just going after this. Long story short, I built this company. It did great. We made money. Uh, my wife ended up quitting her job. She came to work, took on a business partner, all this sort of thing. The economy started tanking. Me and my business partner just, you know, we were both immature and uh, not able to walk through differences and uh, really, really had a big blow up. And in one day, the whole thing uh, went down. And as I look back on that, uh, he drove a silver Mercedes. And uh, it was like, wow, okay, God gave me exactly what I asked for. (laughs) And that was really, it led to a couple of years, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, where I was just like, okay, God, what does this actually look like? Because evidently I'm not getting it. There's this disconnect between me being and doing and having the thing that you've called me to be doing, and having designer of the kingdom. And yet I'm in full on striving mode, trying to make this thing happen. And uh, so I worked a couple of jobs. I mean, I was just trying everything I could to, to make things happen at that time. And uh, everything would just like, it'd take off and then it bombed, take off and then bomb. and it bombed. And I ended up in a, uh, a parking lot in Kennesaw, Georgia after losing a job that I'd had for 11 months. And I was just uh, trying to get hired as a, as a marketing director at a company, economies tanking. And I'm just in the car and I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do now? You know, like this is not a happy meeting, you know. And um, I'm sitting there and uh the Lord said to me, just as clear as a bell, he said, Matt, he said, I want you to go home and lay on the floor, and your provision is gonna come like popcorn. And I'm like, Well, what is that? In? I mean, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Like, I don't need something to do, you know, a productive, you know. But I, I'd been through enough in my journey that I said, I'm just gonna go home and do this. And I told my wife and our son had just you know, not not too long been born. He was uh, still young. And I went home and for the next six or eight weeks, um, I spent my days on my keyboard, in my basement, worshiping the Lord, just crying out to God. And in that six or eight weeks, he literally reset my heart mm-hmm. and my mind to what he had for me in this next season and uh, unplugging me from this sort of striving mammon based, make it happen American work ethic kind of thing that I've been just taught uh, inadvertently through my whole life. And he began to reset and and really, I I would call it imprint the design of my life onto my heart. And um, what happened after that, the last, you know, 10, 11 years for me have been this incredible uh, adventure of favor and provision and opportunity and um it's been the wildest thing it's almost i call it embarrassing favor because people look at it and they're like how do i get that happen in my life and i'm like well you know you don't want to go through what i went through but there's a quicker way there's a shorter way and that that is what kind of spawned the books and now the mentoring program and all that is kind of teaching people hey you don't have to go through all the junk i I went through there you can learn how the kingdom operates in your life now and uh, and really step into to who God's called you to be. So, I don't know, it's just, it's been this crazy, crazy uh, journey and continues to be you know, learning how God works, so.
0: Yeah, and boy, that it, it's so powerful because it's very similar to my story. <laughs> you know, we, mm-hmm. had, we had companies and businesses in 08, we were living out, you, you know where this place is, we were at Reynolds Plantation, out yeah. between Atlanta and Augusta, golf courses and all that kind of stuff. And all three of our companies were in real estate in 08. So, you know, you know, the rest of that story, we were, we were living in a Honda van by 2013 and the Lord had my attention and, and, and this is my words, not necessarily his, but, you know, I learned how his kingdom worked more than I did. I won't say that I've got it figured out, but, and it sounds like a very similar journey that you've been on. So uh, so, so, how do people, I'm going to ask you a question that I put a lot of thought into, and I don't know that I know the answer totally, but I, I believe that you put some thought into this. How do people lessen the pain of that journey and shorten the length of that journey? How do, how do they do that?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, realizing that there has, you may have been raised in the understanding of this kind of great disconnect that you have to make it happen on your own. You have to do it by yourself. If it's up, you know, if it's going to be, it's up to me, this whole kind of thing. And we mix and marry that with our cultural Christianity. And really they don't have anything to do with each other. All right. And I know that's a whole another issue, (laughs) But, uh, but what I started to realize is that just like in the story of the prodigal son, we walked away from the father, and yet the father came running toward us. And as the father came running toward the son in the in the prodigal son story, he restored him fully in as a son and restored everything back to him. Now it, it says in, in First Peter, you know, uh one, three, and four that we've been given everything that we need for life and godliness, so that we can participate in the divine nature and escape uh, lust, you know, which comes about through this world and all that sort of thing. And I started realizing, oh my gosh, you mean that through the blood of Jesus and through the work of Jesus on the cross, everything that I need for my life, opportunity, relationships, resources, the creative flow of heaven, divine appointment, I mean, everything in business and in my spiritual life, in my art, in every in my relationships it's all been restored to me and i can receive those things by faith as i actively pursue the design of God in my life seek first the kingdom right and his righteousness and what all these things will be added unto you and so when i unplug and i teach other people i say listen at some point you got to give up you know you gotta you just gotta say i re- i repent of believing that my way, was the way to do this and my striving. And I'm gonna lean into this idea that you've already provided for me because of nothing that I've done, <laughs> because of a 100% work of your grace, you've already got the whole thing mapped out. You asked me to be a co-laborer uh, you know, laborer in this. Uh, and as I do that, you're, all of heaven is conspiring to bring me into the fullness of what you designed for me to walk in before the very foundation of the earth. And listen, that changes everything because I wake up and I'm I, you know, i teaching other people, you don't wake up trying to figure things out. You wake up saying, Papa, Daddy, God, how do I agree with you? How do I come into agreement with you to do the things that you're doing? I, I love that quote by Arthur Wallace, a leader in the leader in the UK for many years uh, in the church. He, he said, if, if you would do the best, with your life, find out what God is doing in your generation and fling yourself into it. And I think as a, just a matter of, uh, of of daily practice, that's what I'm trying to do and teach others to do is that you're not trying to make this happen and get God to bless your mess. You're actually trying to come into agreement with what God's already doing in your life. And as you do that, That's where you receive provision. That's where you walk in favor. That's where the doors open. And whatever you're called to do, business, art, ministry, family, government, whatever it is, um, that's where you're going to see the flow um, of the Spirit move in your life. That's a big, big difference from how most of us have lived our life.
0: Yeah, and I love, there's an emphasis on a word I want to, that word receive. Yeah. Is a word that, I want to say it was a struggle for me because I never even acknowledged that I needed to receive anything because right. I was, I was building it on my own. I was creating it. I was, I was in the, if it is to be, it's up to me mindset. And I'm right. our, our entire culture really is in many ways. And, uh, so that's powerful. I, one thing that I, I do want to ask you, Matt, that, uh, a big underlying theme, or even a bigger theme of what we do here is redefine success. And what we like to do is we really like to blow up that word success. And I'm going to ask you to share if, if, if we were to ask, uh, you know, 20 years ago, Matt, what success was, and then maybe 2008, nine, Matt, what success was, I think we've heard what's how you define success today, but contrast those, those times, or just go back in time and say, what have you yeah. done to redefine success over the course of your life? Cause that's really what you're talking about here. As a young man
1: coming uh, you know in college, out of college and that sort of thing. Um, I really had this kind of false humility thing going on that like, well, just, I just want to be a vessel, just whatever the Lord wants to do. You know, I'm just kind of along for the ride as if I have no part in the journey, you know, <laughs> And so it was almost, uh, sinful for me to even, I think this is the way I would have processed it back then that, well, I can't even plan that. I just need to, you know, cooperate with God and he's going to do it all. I don't really have anything to do except obey. And, you know, so that was for a long time. And then when I got into business, of course, it was all money and, you know, success and, you know, build a company that you could sell and, and all that sort of thing. So that you could go then do things for the Lord you know be this kind of faithful servant or whatever which uh which again is like where are we asked to do that you know where <laughs> so now it's interesting for me um i've really embraced this this idea uh which i think is is really firmly rooted in scripture is this this idea that we're co-laboring with god that just like jesus our our role is to again acknowledge our design acknowledge our assignment how god's uniquely wired us. but And within that, say, Father, how can I cooperate with you today? And as I do, God births desires and vision in my heart in line with my design and in line with his kingdom uh, so that I, as I come into agreement, agreement opens the door for us to begin to have the opportunity and authority to begin to walk in the way that God's uh, aligned us. And I think for me, you know, so in 2009, what did that look like? Well, God called me to raise up an army of artists and I had no clue what that looked like. And I knew that he was calling me to start a business with my baskets. Okay, great. And then by, you know, as that progressed along, the Lord began to expand. Okay. Wow. Your first book is going all over the world. And now people are calling you to come speak. Maybe this is bigger than you. And now, so he keeps I think that the the trick with with you know the, the key for all of us as we walk with the Lord is learning to hear His voice with clarity so that we continue to stay in agreement and keeping step with what He's wanting to do in and through our life. And so for me, you know, I never could have imagined having a super successful company, my art having gone all over the world. Um, books and this mentoring program—the platform to speak into people's lives—and yet it's interesting, Tim, because we just crossed a big milestone in our business. When I started the mentoring program, uh, the Lord gave me the number two thousand as kind of the the first like you know milestone. And it's interesting in this last membership launch, we crossed that number and we're at over twenty one hundred members now. But immediately, as soon as we did, you know, we celebrated. It was like, yeah, this is great. And I hear. I hear the rumblings again, going, "Okay, Matt, now what's next? What's next? What are you going to step into? What are you dreaming for next?" And it puts me right back in that place of reevaluating what does success look like. And so, I think for all of us that are trying to keep step with the Lord, that's an ever-evolving, um, you know, term and and bar that we're that we're going after. So.
0: Yeah, and all of that's so good. I love that the thing that jumped out at me was is that you need to be able to hear his voice, which means we yeah. have to have some quiet time. We probably have to put that's devices right. down and and be able to listen, which also means you have to have relationship, you know. We're not going to get instructions from the creator of the universe if you never hang out with him. That's just my right. my, my words there.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, uh, you know, I want to I, and I want to I actually want to really get into some of the teaching and things that you do for your for your group and the people and congratulations on the the new levels that is phenomenal yes. so congratulations there but um but 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 I there's one mindset thing that I want to address before we get into some practical stuff in church world in the the first world that we're in in the world where people do business art things like that there is friction between, I'm gonna throw out a few things here and I'll let you take it in whichever direction you wanna go. There's friction between full-time ministry. You know, many will say that's the ultimate calling. And the business person, you know, the business person, you know, we don't wanna deal with any of what you're doing. We just want you to make a lot of money and then write the checks for us. And then my guess is the artist, and maybe you can speak to this, what I've observed in ministry circles is that the artist is the person that typically for free shows up and provides all their <laughs> they make everything look great, you know, through the visuals and unless the music.
1: they're in my mentoring program, then I've taught them differently.
0: <laughs> I love you know, I love that. Hey. But 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 I wanna I want maybe to and then there's also the money piece that messes all of right. that up. So can you speak to the the friction? that's built in there and and listen I've observed it just from being a business guy you know I got saved in a business setting then I go to a church and they you know hand me a vest and say head out to the parking lot and I'm like going you know I'm I'm actually wired a little bit more for us to talk about some other things but I'll go out in the parking lot because I'm supposed to be humble and talk about that friction a little bit yeah you know having
1: having been on in uh, both sides and I'm Privileged to serve on our our preaching team at my church now, and so I'm I've definitely got my my calling is ministry and marketplace both you know full time is is what I do. So I think the thing that um, you know having been in the church world for a long time in vocational ministry and then come out of that into the business world, you realize that most pastors and leaders uh, again inadvertently because this is just kind of how the thing is has developed over the years, we really. Um, are very much focused, have been focused on the development of, and, and the, you know, keeping going of the maintenance of the church organization. And so that makes everything very church centric, you know, so you need to come volunteer here, come find the full expression of who you are in your spiritual gifts here. And, um you know, if you leave the church, then you leave all your friends. You know, I mean, it's just this kind of weird, you know, dynamic, very, you know, church building centric uh, dynamic. And the, the thing that is so interesting to me is that if you actually look at God's word, you know the fivefold ministry, it, it, the work of, of of pastors and and apostles and prophets and teachers it, it is to do what equip the saints for their work of ministry. That is, as a as a leader in the church, my job is to equip you to be a better you, so that you can fulfill the call of God on your life. And I believe that as people in ministry do that that enhances the church um, and, and it makes it, it makes us then people that are not in vocational ministry um, really free to be the people that God's called us to be, to have the impact that God's called us to have and to be like Jesus was most of the time in the marketplace among people. So I think there's a there's a there is a rub and I, I think because there are so many people like you and I and, and so many others now that really, are helping leaders to get this. Um, and at the same time, they're bringing their perspective as well of saying, you know, you can't just leave the church, you know, on the side and, and do these parachurch things. But, you know, there's a there's a role for both of us, you know, that that I'm, you know, one of the things I love to do is bring the experience that I have in the business world into my local church so that I can say, hey, we're we're spending, you know, all this marketing money. We know how to get people. We know how to bring transformation in people's lives. Let me help bring that into what we're doing as a church. And so there becomes this kind of symbiotic um, relationship, but I think just the recognition um, that we're all called to, you know, our our gifting, I say it this way to artists, your gifting can bless the church, but it's not necessarily for the church it's for the marketplace. And so I think when when it comes to church as business people, artists, as whatever, we should absolutely want to come and bless and you know freely given you know freely receive the whole thing but at the same time recognize that we're also designed to make an impact in the marketplace and as we do both of those authentically i think both purposes get served uh, beautifully
0: yeah I, I think maybe the the friction has been for 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 some time now there was a thought that the only place that that can happen is in that building on a Wednesday night if you're in the south you know right. where you shut down and you have dinner and everything like that or a Sunday morning where you and I are beginning to realize in others that that can happen 24/ 7 and here's my question to that do you know how many countries are represented with the 2100 plus that are in your that are in your community do you kind of have a guesstimate of that? Yeah, ooh, I would.
1: I mean, I I would say probably anecdotally, maybe ten or twelve. Um, I, I know that in our our podcast, uh, over sixty, yeah. uh, countries are listening actively, which is crazy because I was just looking at the stats the other day. Um, so it, it's amazing, and I think you know, with cultural differences and denominational differences and all that kind of stuff, the, the outflow of this gets, you know, it it looks different, but it's it's so beautiful to me to see. Artist, I mean, I, this happened, this happened to me for years in my gallery. I'm just doing the thing that God's called me to do. And, um, God brings the divine appointments. He brings the people to talk to. He allows me to, you know, through the sale of a piece of art, be in somebody's home and develop a relationship with them. And I remember one, one of my best clients one time, uh, I mean, this woman, I mean, just a phenomenal <laughs> buyer of art and, uh, but love the Lord. And, um, it just moved down here to, to North Carolina. I, I did numerous, numerous pieces for for their home. One morning, I woke up like at four o'clock in the morning and I just had her on my mind. And uh, as I'm sitting there, the Lord said to me, uh, look up her husband's name. And I did, and he had just passed away like three days ago. I saw the obituary. And I emailed her just real quick, again, like 4.30 in the morning at this point. And um, she emailed me right back. And she said, I'm literally sitting here on my bed crying, asking God why he's taken my husband, you know, so and, and there she is in this gargantuan mountain home, one of several that they have. And she said, and I got in your email deems on my phone. I mean, that's the kingdom of God showing up <laughs> in the marketplace. And had she ever come to my church? No. Had we ever overtly talked about the Lord? No. But at that moment, God opened a door for me to be able to speak healing into our life. And it led to other conversations and just continued divine appointments. But I think that kind of thing, over and over and over and over again, with physical healings, with with breakthroughs, with with just all sort of things. That's what I love seeing when we release people who are not in vocational ministry actually into their calling. That's how the kingdom starts showing up.
0: Yeah. And the 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 cool thing about it is with you know, the reach that you have and what you're doing, there's a scripture that I think from a practical standpoint, many of us go, how does this actually happen? And that is that we're called and we're assigned and we're told to make disciples of the nations. Right. (laughs) And I I don't know, Matt, but to me, a program like yours, and, and there are other people that are doing similar things, but that to me is the practical way that that can reach out because I am sure, see, I I actually as a coach and you're a coach and mentor, I consider myself in that role of a a disciple maker. And I know know some people get, you know, a little bit weird about that when you talk about that in maybe some Christian circles, but that's what you're doing, correct? (laughs) It is and I, you
1: know, I've been actually talking to, uh, I'm very blessed to be at a local church in our area that really gets what we do and gets the kingdom of God. And I mean, this is, we're full on, um, you know, talking about these concepts all the time. But I said, it's interesting what God has allowed us to do in the marketplace. I think we are really helping to redefine what it looks like to disciple people and mentor people because it's, it's interesting, you know, Churches uh, a lot of times are not uh, overtly focused on how do I help this person in my pew actually see and uh, develop and sustain breakthrough and lasting transformation in their life, all right? As long as they're there on Sunday morning, as long as they're giving, you know, everything's kind of cool and we'll walk with them through weddings and funerals and that thing. Um, From a business standpoint, If I'm not helping a client get measurable transformation in their life, they leave. And so there's this, there's this profit motive for me as a business owner um, that we spend lots and lots of time. We have a very effective measurable program of transformation in our life where we help people walk through business art and spiritual life transformation. And we've documented it and it's measurable and we're, we've got testimonials. And when I, when I bring my pastor friends and ministry friends kind of under the hood, if you will, of what we're doing, they're like, oh my goodness, like they've they've never even thought of discipleship in those terms. And so again, I think there's this beautiful symbiotic relationship that can begin to happen where if ministry leaders can get the the real importance of business leaders, especially us that are that are mentoring and discipling, and uh if we can share back and forth like that, there's really I think a a renaissance of, of discipleship that can happen uh, in the in the body of Christ.
0: Yeah, you, meant, you mentioned the word reset earlier, and one of the things I'm observing is with what's happened in, at the time of us recording this, the last 12 plus months with worldwide pandemic, you know, or organizations, churches, sports shutting down, everyone's having to rethink how they do whatever they do. And, and the church, you know, the traditional church is having to do that who knows some of them may come out of this and they may have some online offline, you know, face-to-face programs, very similar to what, you know, you've created. And I think there's value there. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, I, I, I've, I've had this question down as my first question. So, so I don't want, I don't want to alarm people, but I'm getting to my first question. And, and, and then I want to talk to you about, I want, I want people to see what your program looks like. I want, yep. I want us to talk about what all you do within it to provide all of that for people, because I think there are people listening in that they want to create it and there are people probably that want to be involved with you. But first thing sure. I want you to do for me and maybe the listener is define what an artist is, what, what is an artist? Well, now we should have ended with this question because this is the hard question, right? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. maybe that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're done. Sorry. <laughs> That's right.
1: Appreciate that.
0: You know, um, I think initially
1: when I look at how God's created all of us, the essence of an artist is to be able to see and agree because we all see in our imagination first before anything ever comes out. And we agree with that. That is, we say yes to that thing which we've seen in our imagination and we bring that into the tangible. And so as an artist, um, you know, of of fine art and that sort of thing, that gets expressed through that way. As a writer, it gets expressed through a way. As a business creator and owner, it gets expressed one way. And so one of my suppositions, uh, and I, I wrote about this in, I think it was my second book, Creativity According to the Kingdom, is that, creativity is not ancillary to the kingdom, but it's, it's the mode of how the kingdom of God actually works. And so in that way, I believe that God's called us all to be artists. That is, we're to see and hear and sense and feel what God's doing uh, through the movement of His Spirit, through all the things that we experience every day. And we agree with that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we release that um, into the earth so that what we do can be a conduit of transformation. Uh, for others
0: so the reason I love that and this is me probably repenting at the same time I'm saying it (laughs) if I go back to 18 19 20 year old Tim maybe even well up into my 30s and beyond I would be one that would possibly and I am hating that I'm admitting this right here while we're you know live and video and recording that I would have said oh artist you know they just need to get a real job they just I would be I would yeah. be part of the problem because I'm engineer very strategic and things like that sure all right Matt you're gonna love this my son 27 years old calls himself a visual artist very talented photographer and other things like that and they my family has been pushing me recently and they say actually dad you're a little bit more creative and artistic than you would care to admit and I've just finished I've just finished writing my first novel, not a leadership book, not a how-to, a novel. And so I'm like, I'm like this walking conundrum. So I repent. I just in front of you, Matt, your entire community, God and everyone else, I repent there for anything is. negative I've said about artists. And so please accept my, uh, my apologies there. Matt, what I'd love you to do. You know, dinner- just
1: to <laughs> go ahead. think that lie about, you know, I'll go get a real job that we've all heard and all dealt with and the starving artist thing. I think the, the root of that is what do you believe about where provision comes from in your life? Hmm. And you either believe that it comes from you striving or you either believe that it comes from the Lord based in your identity as a son, not in what you do. And so what I'm trying to do is to help artists understand that, listen, if this is God's design on your life, if this is what he's called you and wired you to do, then unless you do that, you're going to struggle with your finances and you're going to struggle with living a thriving life until you say yes to that thing, because God's designed your provision and the opportunities and resources and relationships to flow to and through you in line with your assignment and that is once you do that it almost takes the money thing off the table because it's no longer about can I make a living or not. The issue is can I come into agreement with God's design on my life because that's where the provision is flowing.
0: Yeah, that's good. And at one of the low at one of the lowest financial times of my life, I feel as if the Lord spoke to me and said, my all that I'm supposed to do is to pursue and step into the assignment that he has for me in his kingdom. And when I do that, all the provision to fulfill yeah. that assignment will come. And listen, provision's not money, right? That's, money's really a small factor in this equation, correct? Right. right, right.
1: Well, I always say, you know, God doesn't have money. So why is he, you know, why am I begging him for money? God, God gives ideas, God gives opportunities, God gives seed, seeds of inspiration. And he says in Deuteronomy, I'll give, I've given you the ability To create wealth, you know, in Proverbs, it talks about wealth without sorrow, which actually means painful toil and striving. So, again, God is the originator of the strategies so that we can do the things that we need to do in this realm to uh, survive and thrive. So,
0: Yeah. So, all right, Matt, here's what I'd love for you to do right now is that you've got you've got podcasts, you've got books, you've got conferences, you've got your your community. I would love for you to share Um, and at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll have you tell where, if someone is a creative or an artist that they would like to connect, but I'd like for you to share it for the person that is really wanting to see how someone who started out as a, as you know, an artist has now built this, you know, 2100 strong. and, And then they're going, boy, that might be a path that I'm going down also. So does that make sense? Maybe not share it as, as, you know, someone who's going to step into it, but someone who's looking at it going, wow, that's impressive. And and I'm just going to give you the mic to share all the pieces that you have in place. Yeah. Well, I
1: think, again, it just speaks to that unfolding of the vision, you know, and and this just willingness in our heart. I always say, you know, God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your yes. And so we're just saying yes, just day by day, moment by moment. And as you do that, you know, you look back in hindsight and you're like, doggone, this thing is like <laughs> exploded, you know? So so for me, it started with, you know, um, saying yes to the call of God in my life. And then a, a couple of months later, he brought a woman that, that had an art gallery, gave me an art gallery in, in Metro Atlanta, handed the keys to me the second time I met her. And then he moved us to Asheville. And then within two years of being in Asheville, my work started, uh, was recognized by the Smithsonian. I won a, a competition in, in Europe. My work started being collected by high net worth individuals and all of this. And then my a book came out. And from that one book in a divine appointment with a guy that, that wrote the forward, uh, it went all over the world. And that spawned invitations and speaking engagements and you should do a conference. And I just kept saying yes you know, to, to things, not that I had this divine master plan of what this was going to look like. And um, the funny thing, you know, talking about the mentoring program, you know, the the mentoring program came in to my life, uh, three books and how many conferences and travel around the world, you know, years into this and the mentoring program was my solution in, in my natural mind to slow down (laughs) and to to get off the road, you know? And um, now, you know, it's this, it's this worldwide business and uh incredible agent of transformation in people's lives. And and it's, you know, I've just been through a season in the last couple of years of turning down uh, my activity in my art business and turning up the things that God's doing in our mentoring, just a kind of a change of, of seasons in that. But, you know, I think vision is always something that God gives us to fuel our heart. Um, you know, without vision, people perish. They, they cast off restraint. You know, that word vision is prophetic revelation. And so I always tell people, listen, you got to have a download from the Lord of who you are and what he's called you to do. That doesn't mean that you got every piece in part, but it means that on a daily basis, you know, the direction that your head meant. And if you'll be willing to say yes, that will create the banks of the river, if you will, uh, so that the flow of God can flow through your life and you can agree with him and, and do the thing he's called you to do. And I could have never imagined, uh, being in the place that I'm at now. And I can't imagine 10 years from now what it's going to look like. But I just, I just keep saying yes. And that's always my encouragement to folks. Just stay on the journey.
0: Yeah, I love, and I love the journey piece too. But I, I love, listen, it's so interesting as I'm listening, I'm hearing confidence, calmness, but then also this obedience of my guess is that you're probably in a state right now that if the Lord in the next month, two, whatever, sometime during this year says, Matt, this is the next thing that you would say, okay, <laughs> right? I'm a
1: I'm a little bit more high maintenance than that, but oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well,
0: maybe ask some questions. I do and like run, to wiggle and squirm a little bit? <laughs> run it by your wife. Say, hey, listen, I heard this. What do you think? You know, maybe get two or three right. two or three witnesses. Right? Give some some people. Well, to, <laughs>
1: And I do that. I do. I have people in my life that, that I do ask about things. I mean, I'll just give you an example. You know, I, I am in the process of um, of toning down what I've been doing in my art business. And the Lord has said to me, um, your primary focus is to be on the mentoring. And I'm also bringing your music back. I want you to write a book. Uh, I'm already. I was working on the book. It's right here on my screen. As I before I was on with you, I'm working on this new book. And he said, there's an album that's coming with it. You're going to write 12 songs that uh, support the message of this. And it's going to be a course and an audiobook and all that. And and he's already put that together for me, but it's like, hold on now. I thought that was 10 years ago, that, that part of my life, but God's always a God of convergence. He's always recycling and bringing these things back together. And so as much as I want to say, I'm just all in saying yes all the time. Sometimes I get these like, what now? Where did that come from? But you just learn to keep saying yes and keep walking in relationship with people you trust that, that can confirm what you feel like is the word of the Lord, and um, that's how you do it. So,
0: yeah, that's so good. The Lord told me one time. He said, "Listen, I just want you to know. You think you've failed? you think you've messed up? You think you've done lots of stuff that may not matter anymore?" And I, I felt the Lord. I mean, I still this resonates with me. He goes, "There is nothing that you've been through that we're not going to use for right. the advancement of the kingdom of God." That's and right. I went. Well, all right, then, because if you could use that, then you are God. (laughs) If you could use that stuff. So, hey, Matt, I want to I want to ask kind of as my almost final question. uh, You know, my listeners know that I do about, you know, three or four, you know, kind of encore questions, but we're 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 heading in towards the landing right now. If someone's listening to this and they're an artist or creative or they think they've got that calling or that that. On their life and i'm going to ask as we wrap up for how how they can connect with you and you've got conferences and your memberships and things like that but can can you give a tip or or a word of encouragement or just advice something to that person's listening going man i want to be like him i want to you know i want to be able to thrive as a christian artist what can you tell that person that might be going through a little bit of a struggle right now
1: i think the first thing uh that I would encourage any creator to do is just get away from the noise and um, just begin to be thankful. And, and instead of judging the gift that you think you have or looking at, I'm not as talented as them, or I could never do this, or he's so much further along or whatever, just begin to be thankful for the investment and the design that God's put on your life, because thankfulness and gratitude, that's, that's how we cultivate the kingdom in our life. And it, it's like opening the door, I think for, for revelation, because if, if you're constantly in a place of disqualifying yourself, judging yourself, I can't do this, I could never do that, I did, then it literally builds a, a boundary around your life and keeps the blessing of God from being able to get in. I mean, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So gratitude, I think, for who you are and what God's called you to opens the door for you to be able to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit and, and be in expectation and expectancy
0: of the good things that God has for you. And that that's where I would start. Yeah, that's excellent. So how can people, how can they connect with you? I know that at, at, at the time we're recording this, you've got a conference coming up. So definitely let people know about that. And for those sure. that might be on Facebook, we can put that down in the, in the comments. But if they're listening on the podcast or YouTube, that may have passed, but how do you want people to connect with you? Where can they find all your resources and everything you have available? Sure, our kind of hub online
1: is matttommymentoring.com. Uh, there you can find out all my books on Amazon. We've got a great blog that we do uh, every week that coincides with our our podcast, which is called The Thriving Christian Artist on just about everywhere, just like your podcast. Wherever you can find a podcast, you'll probably find it. And um, the podcast and the blogs, those are great places to start the books. They're free and low-cost resources that can allow somebody to start waking up the call of god and design of god in their life and then you know for folks that are ready to start being intentional about that um, of course we've got courses and conferences and then our mentoring program we we open a couple of times a year in january and in september uh, we just brought in 802 new members uh this january it was crazy and uh my team's like are you nuts like quit talking there's so many people coming but so many people are hungry to grow uh in their calling artistically spiritually and in business and so Um, For those that are ready for that, um, again, January, September, those are kind of times to be on the lookout uh, on our mailing list or whatever for opportunities for that.
0: Yeah. Over the last few days, I listened to a handful of the episodes on uh, on the podcast. And let me just tell you, anyone, I highly recommend you jump over and subscribe and listen in, even if you may not be in that target audience of artists, because. I know one of the things that I'm attempting to do is I'm, I'm attempting to, confession again, tap into that hidden artist. And I found that that actually helped nurture that. So thank you. And we'll include all that in the notes, Matt, so that Great. people can reach out and connect. And I highly encourage people to go to go do that. My my final question that I like to ask, I gave you a little bit of prep for this, is <laughs> we are seek, go, create here. And I know you could guess where some of those words come from and the root of them, but which one of those words, I'm going to force you to come up with one of those words is kind of rising above the other two right now, which one resonates or jumps out at you over the other two and why? And that's the final question we've got for you.
1: I think for me, it all, all starts with seek, you know, because it's in the seeking it's in the understanding who I am and who God is and what he's called me to do that, that I can go and I can create and do the things. Uh, Otherwise I get it for me, I get into a performance orientation just trying to make it happen on my own and so it all starts in intimacy with him for me
0: yeah so wow what a great conversation to have with uh fellow georgia boy and 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 i I know those in the audience y'all are thankful we didn't just go all georgia on you but anyway matt i knew i knew i would have fun with this conversation thank you so much for sharing i appreciate it greatly and I just want to encourage you, the listener that's been listening in, just like I said at the beginning, continue the conversation. Go to our website, seekgocreate.com, and, uh, and give us your best email address so that we can stay connected. And I highly encourage you to go check out all the stuff that is going to be down in the notes from Matt and, and really connect with him. And uh, I just want to remind all of you, we have new episodes every Monday, conversations just like this. So we look forward to connecting with you again at SeekGoCreate you <laughs>